Welcome back to the Fish and Chips podcast. Um, I'm Max, and uh, today I will be talking about um, my favorite NBA team of all time. If I could make a, a, a team of my favorite players, what would it look like? So this isn't necessarily the best or anything like that. It's just my favorites and um, who I would want to see play if I were to go see a game. So at point guard, I have Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul, um, favorite point guard of all time. Um, grew up and watched him play a lot in the Clippers. Um, I think that um, he is like he's like either first or second in all-time win shares behind Jordan, and um, he just plays with heart all the time. And I mean, like he's just I think that he has the best um, vision of anybody since Magic. Um, defensive stopper in his day should have had an MVP and. I think that it's a shame that he still doesn't have a ring because that guy's way too talented to not have a championship. Uh, at shooting guard, we uh, we have Kobe. Um, of course, growing up a Laker fan, I have to have Kobe here. Um, I really wasn't into basketball when Kobe was in his heyday. Uh, the first year that I started watching basketball every single night was 2013, right before he tore his Achilles. And um, he went off. I think he was averaging like 27 Six and six every night, pulling that team to wins when the chemistry was obviously off with Dwight and everybody. Um, and just like I think that Kobe uh, could make any shot, and I don't think it's like that with somebody like Jordan or Curry. Like Curry, you can't put in the post, uh, Jordan, you really can't put out in three, but Kobe, I think, is the greatest shot maker of all time. I'd put him right up there with Carmelo, just somebody and Katie, just people who can shoot anywhere and you're not worried and thinking that it's a bad shot. Uh, at small forward, I have my favorite player of all time, LeBron. Uh, the way that LeBron carries himself off the court when he's been in the spotlight since he was 15, uh, I think that that's something to admire about. Um, and I think that LeBron may not be the greatest of all time, but he's the most talented of all time. He could... Um, do the most at an A level and um, wills teams to wins, um, leads by example. And I mean, sometimes it doesn't work like this year with the Lakers. Um, some people just can't um, can't be lead by that way. But LeBron is just somebody who goes out there, gives it his all. Um, somebody when the back when your back is against the wall. I think in a game seven, I would almost take LeBron over Jordan because. Uh, if Jordan is 3 for 16, he's still shooting that. But if LeBron is, you know he's passing. And um, I know a lot of people are like, well, you would still have the guy who has that mentality. But I just think LeBron just makes his teammates better um, in the most pressurized moments. And just just um, just one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, at power forward, I have Hakeem. And some people might be saying, well, Hakeem's a center, but uh, early in his career, he played power forward next to Ralph Sampson. Um, I love Hakeem. I read his, uh, his autobiography, um, and I just got like a little insight to the way that I thought, and he was just a silent assassin. Like He would go out there, and not the biggest name, and would just go out there and have like 30 and 15 when everybody else would be focusing on Jordan and magic and people like that like Hakeem would really take over and I think if you had to redo that 1984 draft everybody would be like oh of course you would take um, Michael number one but 
I don't know. I think Hakeem really fit the Rockets' persona and was really a Houston guy, lived in Houston ever since uh, college, and he just really fit that team. Um, I think that he's the best defender out of anybody that I have on my team. Uh, really a team-first guy. Um, I think if we're playing in the modern NBA, he would be able to stretch it out for three because he was a pretty good mid-range shooter, uh, can go in the post. Um, yeah, he really dominated all the competition that I went against in the 90s if it was Shaq or if it was um, if it was Patrick Ewing, if it was Karl Malone, if it was anybody. He uh, David Robinson, he really went out there and really showed that he was the top dog. And speaking about Shaq, he's my starting center. I think the most dominant force um, next to or even above Wilt. Um, I think that it's just somebody who you can give to the low block. Even in today's NBA, you could just give it to him, clear out, and he's just going to slam it on whoever. Um, I really don't take into stock the whole free throw difficulty thing because the reason why they whole, the whole hack-a-shack thing was a thing is because you were way too scared for him to even have a chance at getting the ball in a 24-second um, shot clock. And I think that that's, um, that really speaks to how dominant he was, that you would rather have him get two free shots than have a chance of him getting the ball. And um, a winner, just like everybody else in my starting lineups, they're, they're, all, they're all winners. They've all proven that they can will a team to, uh, to deepen the playoffs. Um, yeah, and Shaq, he did it for multiple teams in multiple different uh, roles. Like with uh, Penny, he was he was kind of the top dog. Um, with, Sh- with Kobe, he was kind of a 1A, 1B kind of punch. And then uh, in Miami, in Cleveland, and Phoenix, he kind of took a backseat role uh, to some younger superstars. But he still went out there and balled out, uh, the ultimate entertainer, and... I think out of all these guys, I think Shaq is probably the most entertaining out of any of them. I mean, Kobe's probably the most box office, but if you're just trying to go to a game and have a good time, um, I would definitely pick Shaq over anybody. Uh, for my bench, I have I have Kemba as my starting point guard, and I love, love Kemba. Kemba's my favorite non-Laker in the league right now, and I just think the way that so goes under the radar. Charlotte isn't a big market. Goes out there, does his thing, says that he wants to stay in Charlotte his whole career, even though that people might be saying, oh, he should ring chase. Like, no, I almost think that it's more fulfilling in this NBA when it's one or two teams that dominate the league. It's almost more fulfilling to spend your entire career for a franchise like Charlotte or like New Orleans that doesn't have a lot of history behind it and you could have your uh have your number retired in the Raptors and just just Kemba's I just love Kemba's arsenal um I remember watching a Yukon documentary when they went all the way to the championship when everybody uh counted them out and he's just the ultimate warrior I mean both my point guards are six foot and they just seem like they play a lot bigger than that um there's no shot uh that I wouldn't be comfortable with Kemba taking because he's just a sniper from everywhere. Uh, I think he has the second best handles in the league right now behind Kyrie. And that brings us to my shooting guard, who is T-Mac. Uh, I remember watching this interview a couple weeks ago with T-Mac and Kobe, and they said, oh, the one regret is that we weren't teammates. And I think if T-Mac and Kobe were teammates, that would be the ultimate one-two punch. Um 
T-Mac, also somebody who you're not afraid where he shoots it. Just Kobe, but a little bit bigger. Uh, if injuries wouldn't derail him, I would think that he would have gone down as one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, the 13 points in 33 seconds, of course, and just everything he did was with such intensity. And I think it's such a shame that besides that one year when he went to the Spurs at the end of his career, he never got out of the first round because people look at that and they're like, oh, he wasn't a winner. But if you watch that guy play 35 points a night, eight rebounds, will that team in Orlando or if it was Houston or even early in his days with the Raptors, you could see that he had a lot of potential. But T-Mac is just somebody who... Um, I just think that he's just somebody who you you trust with the ball in his hands in the last couple seconds because he's kind of KD before KD, just this really oversized guard um, who could just handle the ball and shoot it. And he really never had a prototypical point guard because he was kind of the main ball handler, kind of like Kobe. Uh, for my small forward, uh, I take Magic. And I think that a lot of people think that this is cheating, but Magic is the only guy who really played all five positions. Um, I guess you could say LeBron could, but LeBron has never started a game at center in the finals like Magic. I think that Magic could actually play any five positions and um, you wouldn't be too mad at it. Um, Magic, I think the greatest point guard of all time, uh, a showman. Um, if he didn't retire so early, I think he would have gone down with the most career assists of all time. Um, you just look at the way that he plays with such intensity, like all these guys, just fun to watch. Um, I wasn't alive to watch Magic play, but just whenever, whenever I watch highlights, it's just the flair that he plays with and the basketball IQ. Like I remember this one play where they were, they were up one and then the team shot it. And then there was two seconds, um, on the clock. And rather than getting fouled, he threw the ball all the way to the other side of the uh, court so that the other team would get the ball back with 0.1 seconds left so that they couldn't get up a shot. So it's just that kind of basketball IQ. Um, he wasn't the greatest coach, but I'm sure that he could coach while he's a player, like tell other uh, other guys during a huddle what to do. Um, at power forward, I have um, the first guy that I really watched grow into a superstar before my eyes, and that was Blake Griffin. Um, being an LA kid, I just remember Every time that I would go to a Clipper game, Blake would have two or three of those slam dunks that would just get you off your feet. And then in the beginning of his career, he was really just uh, an inside scorer, couldn't really do much, not a great defender, really good rebounder, but nothing nothing else. But now if you look at him as a piston, he might be the best, um, the best passing forward in the league besides Jokic. And just... Just he has such an all-around game now, and I think if um, if he entered the league in say 2015 instead of 2011 before the three-point renaissance, he'd be a knockdown three-point shooter, be able to shoot it anywhere. Um, if he never had all those injuries, still the athleticism. I mean, he still slams it, and I think that this is kind of the quietest like 25, eight and six season that I could remember from from a superstar and like. Um, I'm just really happy to see Blake flourish right now and just a great guy. Um, really funny, um, the ultimate entertainer. And I think like all these guys are just box office and that's kind of what um, steers me towards them is just their marketability and just the way that they play. It's not just score 25 points like Tim Duncan and not notice. Like these guys 
do it but interesting. And at center, I have who I think is the most influential athlete on my list, uh, Kareem. And Kareem is just a guy that, um, that a lot of people didn't understand during his, uh, his time changing his name and stuff like that. But Kareem is probably the greatest basketball player of all time. Maybe not the greatest NBA player like, say, Jordan or LeBron. But if you look at his UCLA career, he has the greatest collegiate career of all time. Uh, NBA, six MVPs, uh, five or six championships, uh, all-time scoring leader, and the one guy with the most unguardable shot of all time, which nobody has been able to replicate. Like You don't even see guys attempting the skyhook because they, they uh, aren't skilled enough to do it. And Kareem, just a classy guy, just somebody who cares about the game deeply. Um, if you have a chance, read some of his books. They're very insightful. So that's my, um, my, my starters and my reserves. Um, my coach would be Phil Jackson just because he got Kobe and Shaq those rings, and uh, I'm indebted to him. Um, these are the five that were really close to making it but didn't make it. Um, my point guard would be Kyrie. I love Kyrie. Um, I think he's the closest thing to Kobe Bryant that the league has today. Uh, just the ability to take any shot leaning uh, out of the post, uh, with five seconds left on the shot clock, like since day one, he's been that assassin with the mount with the Mamba mentality. Uh, best handles in the league. I think Kyrie's really interesting, um, really insightful with the way that he thinks because a lot of people are like, "Oh, the flatter thing, that's so dumb." But then he did it so that he could see people's reactions, and he's just a really weird thinker that I think just makes him all the more interesting. Um, at small forward, I have Paul George. I love Paul George. Uh, I loved him since Indy. Uh, just to do it all, uh, two-way player. I think he's the best two-way player in the league right now. I think he's surpassed uh, Kawhi this season. Um, I think that it's a shame that he's not going to win MVP because this is definitely an MVP caliber season. Um, great three-point shooter. Um Great, great leader. Um, the Indiana Pacers teams back uh, in the early 2010s, like a lot of people don't remember this, but they took LeBron to Game 7 um, in the in the playoffs. They would always battle the Heat tough, and if they just got one of those breaks, they would have been in the finals and I think would have won a championship, and that was all led by Paul George. And uh, some people might be thinking, oh, why do you have him at shooting guard? Obviously, he's a small forward, but... Early in his career with Danny Granger, he did play shooting guard. Um, he's I consider him a combo guard, can play either position, and not really out of his norm to be on the wing. Um, and he's really become a closer this season for the Thunder when Westbrook isn't shooting the ball necessarily too well. Uh, he's really stepped up his game when everybody's like, oh, you made a mistake, me included, including saying, oh, you should have gone to the Lakers. The Thunder might not win anything, but... I think if the war, if something catastrophic happens to the Warriors, I think the Thunder are the second best team in the West, and they'll take over. Um, a lot of people think that Paul George isn't a leader, or um, in the playoffs he he chokes. But I think it was two thousand sixteen or two thousand fifteen when he played the Raptors in the first round, and they were seventh seed. The Raptors were two seed. He took them to Game Seven, and they were up three two with nobody on his team. The second best player was. George Hill. So um, I think that a lot of people's perceptions about Paul George are really wrong. 
Uh, he does show up in the big moments. It's just overshadowed by last year's Jazz series. Uh, at small forward, I have Giannis, I think the most charismatic player in the league right now. Uh, really taking the league by storm, only 23. Everybody loves him, really marketable. Um, most unstoppable, unstoppable for since, uh, since Shaq. Uh, just an inside presence where it's the same thing. Once he gets it, uh, you're like, he's going he's gonna to dunk it on me once he gets it into the post. Um, on SportsCenter, like, I watch Giannis, and every, every game that he plays, he has two or three dunks where he just takes two steps from the, from the three-point line and just dunks it on somebody, and I'm not even surprised at this point. Just freakishly athletic. I think the most athletic guy out of anybody I've mentioned so far besides maybe maybe LeBron. Um, but I think the future's really bright for him. Super, super long. Uh, I don't even think he needs a jumper. Like People are like, oh, he should work on his jumper. Like No, just keep on getting better at what you're at. It's obviously working this season. Uh, power forward, I have Anthony Davis, which um, I think was the closest guy to me taking off just because I, don't, I haven't liked his recent... Um, the way that he's um, that he's he's acted over these past couple months, for lack of a better term, but um, just the whole thing with the Pelicans, I think that it was done really sloppily, and I get it that he wants to be his own man. I mean, more power to him. He should go to the Lakers if that's where he wants to go. I think that players should go where they want to go because of in any other profession, if you want to leave, you can leave. Um, but Anthony Davis. Um, just a freak defensively and offensively. Um, just goes out there, gets 29 and 13 in a small market. I think if he was drafted to, say, an L.A. or a Boston or a New York, he would probably be the best player in the league right now because he would get more attention. Um, I just feel that it's really upsetting that a small market like New Orleans hasn't done what Milwaukee has done for Giannis, and they just put all their chips into the middle of the table with Tyreek and Drew Holiday and Eric Gordon from the beginning, and then it kind of uh, set them up for failure because they didn't have any draft picks to come uh, to get players to develop around AD, and he was really around a veteran team when he was 20. Uh, but he proved himself last year that he could win a playoff series on his own, just taking over him and Drew Holiday. And I think that once he gets to a new team, everything will uh, be better, kind of like the Kawhi saga last year. I think it's just a prisoner of the moment, but um, I think that he definitely could have gone better about himself in this entire situation but um i just think that he's a great player one of my favorite players to watch still and um a good guy overall and at, uh at center for my team that didn't make it uh i've will most unstoppable force maybe of all time uh the day that i'm recording this is the day uh after his 100 point anniversary and that's just insane to think 100 points um I mean, some people say that it was um, it was because of his error that he was able to dominate. But I mean, there were there were um, there were other people that weren't necessarily as tall as him, but taller than the rest of the competition who didn't dominate like him. And fifty and thirty and like people people don't realize that Wilt was just an athlete and like it didn't even come to basketball. Like once he retired from basketball. He went to go play uh, professional volleyball, and he became the vet, the best volleyball player uh, in in the world. If you think that um, Wilt is just um, a cause of his era, and anybody could have done that in his era, go look up a video on YouTube of Wilt's workout tape, and then you're gonna think twice about it. Um, that guy is literally 
the most athletic guy I've ever seen. Um, and then my my coach for for the team that didn't make it would be Kenny Atkinson. And this is a really interesting one because um, not a lot of people know about him, uh, the coach of the Nets, and he went into a hostile environment with the Nets that were looked at as uh, a team with no hope and then takes over and two years later, look at them, they're in the playoffs. And um, I just love him. He says all the right things, uh, knows how to get his best out of all of his players, um, like D'Angelo, like uh, like Hollis Jefferson, like Jared Allen, like Spencer Dinwiddie, like Karis LeVert, like all these guys who wouldn't be necessarily as good on a different team. He creates this culture when it's like, we're all going to buy into the same thing. And we're going to win these basketball games by grinding out, not necessarily be more talented, but by outworking. And I really admire that. Uh, so that's that's my team. Uh, a recap. My starting uh, five is uh, Chris Paul, Kobe, LeBron, Hakeem, and Shaq. Uh, and my bench is Kemba, T-Mac, Magic, uh, Blake, and Kareem. Uh, I think if you put this uh, this team to, uh, to an 82-game season, I think it loses no more than three games. Um, and people might be going, what? Three games? I think that they go 82-0. But you never know when you have an off night or whatever. But just so much star power. I think the bench of Kemba, T-Mac, Magic, Blake, and Kareem in their prime, I think that still beats any other starting five uh, in their prime. And that's the bench. Uh, and you also have Phil Jackson implementing that triangle offense into them and being able to get everybody up their shots. Um, some people who I don't have that other people would have, uh, Michael, uh, I think it's more that uh, I'm a huge Kobe fan, and I think I just look at Michael as somebody who threatens Kobe's legacy because people go, oh, Kobe is just um, stealing all of Michael's moves, and he wouldn't be anything if he was in the league before Michael. So, uh I like Michael, um, just not one of the guys that I grew up against, and it's like, I love that guy. Um, some others, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess Steph Curry, uh, I'm not a huge Warriors fan, um, just because I'm an LA kid, so uh, on my team, I don't have anybody besides Clippers or Lakers, um, I mean, the Warriors have always rivaled players like LeBron and uh, Chris Paul, and, um, I don't know, I don't have any Warriors on my team, uh, just on into that whole, um, whole super team thing, and then, uh, I mean, I love their brand of basketball, I think that it's just, um, I think I'm more mad that it's not my team dominating like that, so I kind of take it out on them, um, some other players that I might not have, uh, Tim Duncan, I don't have any Spurs, uh, rivalry with the Lakers for obvious reasons, um, just not that interesting. I mean, I gravitate towards those guys that are really interesting, have a lot of personality, and just players who I love to watch. I mean, out of all the guys that uh, I have on my uh, on my list, I think all besides Kemba and Blake, because they're still uh, in their prime, I've seen documentaries on all of them and have really... Um, really been invested in them and their whole career. Uh, no Derrick Rose. Um, always been a Chris Paul fan over Derrick Rose and that whole point guard um, point guard rivalry in the early uh, 2010s, who was the best point guard in the league. Uh, I always went with Chris Paul. Um, 
yeah, I think that's it. Uh, no Celtics because a Laker fan. Uh, besides Kyrie, but um, you know that that's my list. Uh, I love to hear what your guys's list is, um, and a lot of people might be asking, "Oh, where's Guy?" Um, Guy, Guy um, didn't make this taping, and um, I'm trying out something new when it's just me talking so that I can pump out more of these podcasts for you guys. Um, so let me know if you like it. Uh, and uh, this is Max, and, and I'm signing off. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Chips. If you enjoyed, um, please like it, uh, share it with all your friends, uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, so that you never miss an episode, and thanks for listening.